0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday podcast right here as a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and on our audio platform wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope that you have... Some great weekend plans on the docket. It's weird that this is the first weekend since the season started that there's no Steelers game this this upcoming weekend, whether it's Saturday or Sunday in the divisional round of the playoffs. This has always been my favorite weekend for the playoffs. Uh, I, I've conference championship weekend is great, but. This is when you still have a full slate of games. the last time you get games on Saturday and more than one game on Saturday, more than one game on Sunday. It's just a great time, and I wish the Steelers were still playing, but we all know how that panned out last Sunday night. We've talked about it at length here. Both at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and our audio platform, so okay, before we go any further I gotta say like if you if you're like Jeff sounds different I've uh, been a little under the weather the past few days uh, definitely feel like I'm on the mend I uh, feel like the worst is behind me uh, but still if I sound a little different a little strained uh, voice is just really really sore so bear with me we're gonna get through this we're gonna talk about a lot of Steelers things here in the first half and the second half our favorite Canadian Michael Beck yeah he surpassed Chase Claypool this season uh, and Sean Swisham. So, you know, he's going to join. We're going to talk about, uh, picks. We're going to talk about the divisional game. We're going to talk about all things Steelers coming up with what could be a crazy and hectic off season. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. And, and as I always finish out Fridays, a heart to heart at the very end of this podcast. So, okay, folks, let's buckle up. Let's get this show on the road. I thought about a lot of things this week and I do have random thoughts that's going to remain. You know, usually this is the, what do the Steelers have to do to win podcast? We're not doing that. They don't play, Random Thoughts is coming up right before the break, but I want to talk about something else. So this week, it's kind of been, I kind of hate the way they're doing it, but I understand as players are leaving Pittsburgh and going back to wherever they live, wherever they call home, they're having these interviews with Steelers.com, media are asking questions. And this used to be just a locker room session where the players were in there cleaning out their lockers, media would be able to come in and they'd be able to ask a whole bunch of questions. And then... You'd get some stories out of it, but because of the protocols and so forth, that's just not the way it works anymore. So they have Trey Norwoods up, and then after that's Akello Witherspoon, and then it's Dwayne Haskins. And so you're almost bombarded with all of this information, and fans are just getting bits and pieces from Twitter and and beat writers that are on the calls. You can go to Steelers.com or the app. And you can watch a lot of these kind of exit interviews, so to speak, with the media. And I've watched a good many of them. And the one thing, the one talking point that remains consistent with Steeler fans has been the quarterback situation. And I understand it. I get it. Ben Roethlisberger is not coming back. And this is the first time in Mike Tomlin's tenure that he is going to have to find the next quarterback. And it's by choice. It's not a situation where Ben Roethlisberger's injured, a la 2019. And so then he has to find, you know, Mason Rudolph, Devlin Hodges came in. He has to find the next quarterback. The more people talk about this, and then you see these mock drafts come up. Mel Kuyper Jr. has Matt Coral of... Uh, Mississippi going to Pittsburgh. Other people have the North Carolina quarterback going to Pittsburgh. Others have Kenny Pickett. Others have Willis, the Liberty quarterback. Uh, I'm still learning a lot of these players. I don't follow college football, but still, everyone wants to talk about the quarterback position, and I get it. I really do understand it. However, and this is the title of this podcast, the quarterback position is far from the top priority this offseason. And I've said it before and I'll say it again that the quarterback position is the most important position in all of sports more than a point guard in basketball more than a goalie in hockey more than a pitcher in baseball it is the most important and valued position in all of sport and yet it's not the priority you might be thinking Jeff's a little crazy you have to find your quarterback you have to be able to do that and I understand that the sentiment amongst fans is they need to find that player right now but the one thing that the Steelers need to do first is they need to polish the rest of the lineup and the rest of their team first, and mainly, especially on offense. And so I go back to this past offseason. So the, before the 2021 NFL draft, myself and Michael Beck, we were screaming from the rooftops that the Pittsburgh Steelers should make a play to draft Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. And we gave some compelling arguments. I talked about how he didn't have a senior season because they shut down that league. He only played in one game. I talked about how that would maybe make teams hesitant to make a play for him. Uh, I talked about how the Steelers would be able to have him with Ben. He wouldn't have to play right away. I mean, we gave some, in my opinion, some really legitimate options and reasons why the Steelers should go after a player like Lance, and the whole time, Dave Schofield, editor Behind the Steel Curtain and host of The Stat Geek. Make sure you check out that podcast on Thursday morning about TJ Wise. Fantastic. Give it a good listen. You won't regret it. Dave would always say the same thing. You don't want to draft a quarterback until you have the rest of the line intact, meaning you don't want to draft a quarterback and have him get killed behind an offensive line. Instead, go in reverse. Build the lineup, then get your quarterback in there that's going to be able to thrive with that offensive line and that offensive unit. When you think about it in this, in, in this aspect, think back to 2004. For those that are old enough to remember, Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season. So it's week two at Baltimore. Tommy Maddox goes down. Roethlisberger gets inserted into the game, throws two touchdowns, uh, looks okay. They end up losing that football game, but after that, he did not lose another game until the AFC championship game. Rattled off 15 straight wins. And the reason being is that they had a really good defense, number one, and they had a really good offensive line and running game that the, the rookie quarterback could lean on. If you can if you can remember, back in 2004, they did not ask Roethlisberger to win them many football games that season. They were literally saying Ben just, as Mike Tomlin would put it, he didn't kill us. That was kind of like the motto for Ben's rookie season. I'm not suggesting that a rookie should be able to come in and do that, but they need to get the offensive line, they need to get that defense up to snuff before they consider actually making a play for who they think is their future franchise quarterback. And Dave was right. I am man enough to admit that Dave Schofield was right when he said, you don't want to make a play for a guy like Lance and give up valuable trade or draft capital only to find out that... Even as talented as someone like Trey Lance is, he can't operate behind an offensive line that is kind of suspect. But there's so much more to it than that. This quarterback class, I mean, Sam Howell is the North Carolina quarterback, talked about Coral Willis, um, there's a couple others, Strong I think is another name, it's just not a its not a really good draft class for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks will be taken in the first round. Anyone that's out there thinking, this is a draft class, probably, there might not be a quarterback taken in the first round. That is BS, in my opinion, because I think there's always going to be a quarterback. There's always going to be a team that doesn't want to miss a quarterback that could change their team, change the dynamic of their organization, because that's what a good quarterback does. A good quarterback changes the entire organization, the way other players view you in terms of free agency, the way other teams uh, approach you as an opponent. That is a big deal. And this is a weak quarterback class. I don't think the Steelers should reach you know, the, the pick number 20, which is what the Steelers have in the 2022 NFL draft, there is still some value there. I, I would say there's a tremendous value. It's a first round pick, people. I mean, when you think about the logistics of the NFL draft, you're talking about the top 32 players in college football going in the first round, the top 32. It doesn't matter the position. If you're the first offensive guard taken, you are viewed by that NFL team as the best offensive guard in the nation and so don't sit there and tell me that oh a 20th the Steelers uh, it's just the 20th pick get out of here 20 there's a lot of value at 20 there is a lot of value at 20 but I don't think the Steelers should cave with the glitz of a quarterback if they don't feel that the guy that they would be selecting is the future now we can always sit here and say that it's easy to Look at maybe someone like a Kenny Pickett or a Willis from Liberty or and say, I feel like this player could be the future, and it doesn't pan out. We've seen it with Mitch Trubisky, um, a number of other quarterbacks taken in the first round, that for whatever reason, it just doesn't work out. That could certainly happen, but I don't think the Steelers should reach. Don't reach at a position, especially one like quarterback. Free agency is a possibility at the quarterback position. Uh, we've talked about you know, players like Marcus Mariota, some have tossed around the idea of Derek Carr coming in, and and that's a viable option, I guess. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. Um, It's a possibility, but look, don't be shocked when the Steelers go into off-season workouts with Mason Rudolph, Joshua Dobbs, and Dwayne Haskins as their three quarterbacks. Just don't be shocked. That's all I'm saying. Don't be shocked. And, I mean, when you think about it, there are Steeler fans out there that are like, oh, they should get Gardner Minshew. And it's not that I don't think Gardner Minshew can't win games. I think he can win games. Put him on the right team, Minshew mania can take over. But to me, he reminds me of like a Tommy Maddox. He's more mobile, but it's kind of like a flash-in-the-pan era. We always talk about the Tommy Gunn era, which I loved. That, That era for me, I was... Man, that that was when I just went to college. I was with a lot of fraternity brothers that love the Steelers too. There were some great times watching Tommy Maddox and the Steelers. Some frustrating times, but there were some great times. That's kind of what it feels like with some of these players. I I, I can see the Steelers, to be honest with you, to kind of wrap up this part of the show, I can see the Steelers saying we're not going to draft a quarterback because we aren't in love with any of them, and we don't think they're worth what other teams are willing to give up for them. Meaning... They're not going to take a quarterback at 20 because they value maybe an offensive guard or a center uh, more so than that quarterback at that position. And then once you get into the second and third rounds, you're talking about quarterbacks that are not likely to be the guy in the future. And so they'll roll with Mason Rudolph for a year. Use this salary cap space to bolster the rest of the lineup. And then, then you can go after maybe it's a free agent. Maybe it's a rookie that's coming in that you're like, okay, this kid can play and we can we can make a play for him they have options and i think that's the if i were a betting man that's the route i think the steelers will take i think they will take the route of going after not i'm sorry not going after a free agent maybe in the draft if things go the go their way i'm talking about if in the second round there's a quarterback that slips maybe they take that quarterback in the second round we'll see But I think they're going to be like, okay, Mason Rudolph has been here for four years. He's going into his fifth year. He knows the system. We know what we have in Mason Rudolph, his limitations, and he's also never really had a chance to show himself. People talk about 2019. He was essentially a rookie. Drafted in 2018, he didn't even dress for a game. So you can talk about, well, we saw enough in 2019. That would be like saying that a rookie quarterback who was still able to win you football games is a bum after one season, in a season where he was unbelievably concussed against Baltimore at Heinz Field, if you forget that game. And that was the game where, uh, shoot, the safety, it, it, you former Seahawk, I, his name escapes me right now, hits him high in the head, and he was not the same after that. So for me, I think the Steelers are going to take a, take a shot, rolling the dice with Mason Rudolph and see how it goes. The quarterback position, though, is not the top priority for the Steelers this offseason. This offseason, it is getting the rest of the lineup together. Because guess what? In my opinion, if we're going to, st- if we're going to talk about my, my plan here, that I my prediction of the Steelers going with Mason Rudolph, if you give Mason Rudolph a really good running game, a really good offensive line, and a defense that can hold their own, I think he can win football games. Is he going to win you a Super Bowl? I don't know. Probably not. But he can win you a lot of football games. I do believe that. Honest to goodness truth. All right, let's go over some random thoughts before we take a break here. Number one, I was thinking about this the other day, and I put it on Twitter. Had some good responses from uh, my ride-or-die crew. You know, the Steelers have a lot of question marks this offseason. Quarterback position is one of them. To me, I think one of the biggest questions for the Steelers this offseason is, what in the world is up with Stephon Tewitt? Yeah, this is a guy that missed all of 2021. So what in the world are we talking about? Okay, 2021 is gone. Didn't play a snap. Is he going to be playing in 2022? Think about the ripple effect. Let's say Stefan Tuit comes in and says, hey, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I did have a knee injury. I, I, well, My mind wasn't right. I'm coming back and be ready to go. Well, if that's the case, and we already know that Tyson Aluwalu is coming back, he put that on social media, if that's the case, then I feel like the Steelers' defensive line, they don't need to go out and draft someone at 20. Because if you have Tewitt, Aluolu, uh Cam Hayward, obviously. I can't believe I forgot his name. Montrevious Adams, bring him back. Chris Wormley's under contract. You have Isaiah Loudermilk. I think that's a really good defensive front. I I honestly do. So that changes everything. But if Stefan Tewitt says, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play, and the Steelers say, then we are going to have to cut you. We gave you 2021, and you, you can't just sit here and collect a check because maybe it's your knee, maybe it's your mind. Whatever the case is, we need you on the field. And so business is rough sometimes, but that's the biggest question mark. No one's really talking about it either. There's a ripple effect there. Next, uh, let's go with Mason Rudolph's interview. I I watched it, 17 minutes worth of Mason Rudolph being interviewed by the media. And there were some fans like, oh my gosh, Mason Rudolph, he's so arrogant. He's making it sound like it's his job. Okay, he's been the backup for four years. And why wouldn't he view it as his job? He's been in the system. He's gotten opportunities. I, I would want him to think it's his job. I don't understand what people are upset about. They're like, oh, but this is one of those situations where Mason Rudolph, he, he's just uh, he's just being arrogant. Okay, people, calm yourselves down. I want a player that's confident. If Mason Rudolph sat there in an interview and said, well, you know, good Lord willing, I'm just going to show up and hopefully things work out for me. I'd be like, dude, where is this guy's confidence? I want him to say, I, this is my job. This is the first time that I'm going to be coming into camp, and there's not going to be a future Hall of Famer standing in my way. And that's exactly what he said, and that's what he should have said. So I was I was glad to hear Mason Rudolph say that. I hope he wins the job. I, I don't care. Win the job. Be a good quarterback. Have the Steelers say, wow, we found our answer right here. We didn't even know we had it. Maybe that happens. I don't know. Next, let's go um the next random thought. Oh, speculation season, people. This is what I hate about the offseason. Speculation season has officially begun. This is when you see those articles and you see those people on Twitter that are just spouting off nonsense about, oh, well, you know, the uh, the Steelers are, could go after this player, and next thing you know, rumors start to swirl. There's, be cautious is what I'm saying. Be cautious with some of the stuff you see and read and even hear on the airwaves or on Twitter or social media as it pertains to the Steelers' offseason plans, unless you're hearing it from a Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, Tom Policero of NFL Network, Ian Rappaport, Jay Glazer, and even some of those guys I'm not really... Hanging on to every word that they put out there. But still, the speculative uh, reports and stuff are what can absolutely kill a fan base. Be cautious. That's all I'm going to say. Lastly, I hope that you are prepared for a dull start to the offseason. It's something I talked about on Wednesday. I was asked about it. And they said, I'm really excited for this offseason. Yeah, I get it. It's going to be exciting. What are they going to do with quarterback? General managers, is Colbert coming back? What about the coordinators, the offensive line coach? If you're expecting like this upcoming week to be just, oh my gosh, balls of fire crazy, they're making moves, they're firing coaches, be prepared for a dull start to the offseason. I would expect coaches to be retained, I would expect very little... Um, Waves in the Steelers' ocean. I think that they're going to try to keep things as calm as possible, as consistent as possible, because that's just what they do. So if you're waiting for the big, the big news to break, don't hold your breath. All right, I'll tell you what. That's enough of the random thoughts for today. When I come back, Michael Beck will be joining me. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I
1: am all, alone,
0: all right pittsburgh Steeler fans welcome back to the second segment of let's ride it is friday and that means we have our favorite canadian our favorite canuck not the vancouver canucks because they're awful but michael beck joins us what's well, up michael how's it going
1: I was doing okay until that shot towards my hockey team, but uh, no, you're right. They, they stink, but I'm doing good. How are you, Jeff?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The Penguins are playing great. So I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, enough hockey talk. Let's get right to the action. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Michael, let's talk about the game last week. I know it seems like eons ago, but I haven't talked to you about the game. And I know you probably, I know you talked about it on um, the curtain call, which is officially back uh, after the, uh, the regular season's over. What was your overall takeaway uh, from the game on Sunday night and the 42-21 to 21 loss?
1: Well, I, I think that game was kind of just a microcosm for the season. Um, the Steelers were a team that struggled mightily to move the ball on offense, especially in the first half. They're a team that struggled to kind of defend the run as well. Uh, and like All of these kind of things that affected this team all year long were the same problems that happened in this game. So I, I feel like you can really point to this game to be like, if you wanted to talk about what the 2021-22 Steelers were, just watch that wildcard weekend game. That's basically what they were. They're a team that won games they shouldn't, uh, but uh, in, in road scenarios against better opponents, they, they crumbled. And that's kind of what we got. So it, was it tough to watch? Absolutely. Um, am I surprised? Now that it's over? No, not at all. That's, that's kind of the, the, the game we probably should have expected to have happen.
0: Okay, Michael. I've known you now for several years, and you know that I am the eternal optimist when it comes to the Steelers. Always have been and always will be. Uh, The offense was putrid. No one's going to suggest that. But don't you think there's a little something that the Steelers can take away on the defensive side and the fact that they stymied the Chiefs, maybe more so than anyone else has since they started their winning streak, probably about midway through the regular season, up until... They literally just could not hold the dam back anymore. And then the dam broke loose and everything else changed. I mean, do you, do you think there's anything about the Steelers defense that they can carry into the offseason and say, you know what? We're, we were missing some really key pieces here. You know, Stefan it, Tyson Aluwalu, that's a big part of your run defense right there. And we actually held them in check until literally we just couldn't do it anymore. Is there anything like that for you? Because I kind of feel that way about the defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the war- base problems this defense had was how bad the offense was. They couldn't keep the ball. And you can tell there's a point in every game where the defense just started to look tired. And that happened pretty early. Like, obviously, TJ's touchdown, uh, right after that, the dam broke. But, but like, you got to keep in mind, TJ's touchdown came on defense. The defense was out there. They had two plays in between, and they're right back on the field. And then Kansas City dialed it up. And the Steelers' offense continued to go three and out. They were exhausted. Um, Like, if the Steelers had, like, a competent offense, could could the defense have parlayed what they did in the first quarter for four quarters? It it seemed like they they had, like, they're an effort-based defense. Those guys bust their butts to make the play. But when you're constantly on the field and you don't get a time to recover that's what happens like you just get heavy legs and now you're chasing and all of a sudden these guys are running past you that you're able to shut down earlier in game. so I think this defense they could pretty much roll the same guys just get healthy and roll the same defense next year and they could be one of the best units in football if the Steelers offense is able to give them some some rest the offense was horrid in that first half and absolutely crushed the uh, the the physical well-being of the defense being able to compete to like stay with those chiefs receivers, especially with how much speed they have. So yeah, I know I have, I have a lot of optimism towards this defense because really um, the offense is one of the reasons that held them back. Yeah,
0: no, you're right. And so the Steelers now go into an off season, which is both daunting. I talked about that earlier in the week on my let's ride podcast. And it's also exciting in a lot of ways. I laid out in the first half of the show, Michael, that my early prediction for how the Steelers are going to handle this off season, And I want to get your take on it. I suggested that the Steelers are not going to make any moves at quarterback. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback in this draft. I don't think they bring in a big name free agent. Um, I think that they're essentially going to use their cap space to try to bolster the rest of the lineup and to go into this upcoming season with Mason Rudolph as your QB1. Now, if they're able to achieve that goal, and what I mean by that is if they're able to improve the offensive line through free agency and the draft, bolster the run defense, get some key pieces in the secondary that might be missing. If Mason Rudolph is the quarterback, how far can this team go if they can improve those things?
1: Honestly, I feel like they might be able to do a little bit more than they did this past year. Like one of the things I brought up with Jeffrey Benedict, Benedict rather on curtain call was look at what Najee Harris was able to do with one of the worst offensive lines, not just this year, but like a historically bad offensive line. Uh, if the Steelers had a run game and they're able to give Mason Rudolph some time to stand in the pocket, like, I, I don't think they're like unseating the Bengals right now who kind of seem to be kind of the team on the rise in the division. Uh, I, I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender, but I could still see them making the making the playoffs once again as a wild card team. Could they get an upset in there? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like they're not winning a Super Bowl with like with subpar quarterback play. Like that's just the way the league is built now um, with how protected quarterbacks are how prevalent the passing game is. But then again, there's nothing wrong with the Steelers having a, a year of, all right, let's figure out this roster before we can actually draft a proper quarterback that costs next to nothing. Cause he's on a rookie contract and have this great roster around him that already has some chemistry. So I would be surprised if that's what the Steelers did. I- I'm still of the belief that there will be some third option and the Steelers will have kind of like a three-way battle whether or not that could be like uh, Marcus Mariota, which I know you love or, yes, uh, yes. or like some fourth round draft pick or heck even the first round draft pick uh, remains to be seen. But I feel like there, there'll be one more name added to this mix here and just kind of a, a big, just battle it out in training camp and see how it goes. So it'll be one of those things. This It's going to be the topic that Steeler fans will talk about all off season long, all season long, and probably all of next off season long too. This quarterback spot is something that will be discussed, debated and picked apart for months and months to come.
0: Well, let's talk about Mason Rudolph for a second. You know, people always go back to 2019, which he was essentially a rookie. He didn't even dress for a game in 2018, 2019, he gets thrust into the lineup when Ben goes down in week two against Seattle. And people forget also the vicious concussion he had in Heinz Field against Baltimore. And he wasn't the same since. There's a lot of criticism out there based on preseason play. You think that's a little presumptuous that he's going to be absolutely awful if he actually has an entire offseason and preseason as the guy? Or do you think that we've seen the best of Mason Rudolph?
1: I still think there is another rung to his game. Like he can he can like be better than what he's shown. And like a lot of people will point to that Detroit Lions game too, but what people don't keep in mind is there was a monsoon at Heinz Field that day on a grass field and the receivers and running backs and everyone was fumbling and the Steelers defense was struggling to stop the run. It just was a bad day overall. It's impossible to to grade a quarterback based on a game like that. And then in the preseason, he's like he's not getting like your your starters, your your premium guys on the field. And I, again, yeah, I, I don't really think it, it's been fair some of the criticism he's gotten because he's not been put in very good situations. But like again, like am I saying Mason Rudolph is going to be a, like a top twenty quarterback next year? Probably not. But was Ben a top quarterback this year? Top twenty quarterback this year? I, I think we can all agree that Ben struggled, especially down the stretch. So. Uh, like, I feel like there is something more to his game, uh, especially cause he's never really had a full training camp to be the starter and get all those reps. I know he gets the Wednesday reps when Ben is, uh, takes his vet days off. But aside from that, like he hasn't gotten those, uh, th- those situations to actually kind of grow his game even further. And I know the receivers respect him They like him. Like you see them like hanging out uh, on social media and whatnot. So I think he has the respect of the room. So I think that's a big factor as to why uh, he, he should deserve to get a crack.
0: Well, and I think that a lot of receivers look at him and say, this is a guy that he can, I hate to say this about Roethlisberger, but at the end of his career, he couldn't make all the throws, not anymore. You know, and this is a guy that right now in his age, he has the arm strength and the arm talent to make all the throws. So Pat Fryermuth, he's got to be sitting there thinking, "Uh, yeah, let's get this guy in here because I bet he's going to throw me the football more down the middle, down the seam. And that's a throw that Roethlisberger just didn't want to make for a variety of reasons as well. But I mean, I guess I just want to get your take on Mason. Let's go to the other side of the docket here. And that's not the docket in terms of offense and defense, but the other player who's in-house who might be competing for that. And that's Dwayne Haskins. There are a lot of people that aren't giving him a shot either. What do you think about Dwayne Haskins? Is he an, an, a viable option for the Steelers or is this just kind of like we gave him a shot, we're going to bring him in. We'll see what he can do, but we're not really expecting much.
1: Yeah. I'm feeling more of the latter here. uh, Like, uh, Obviously, I I believe he just dressed that one game against Detroit uh, when he was the backup and not getting a lot of practice reps. And he's just one of those guys where you couldn't have gotten him on your team any cheaper. And of course, him being an RFA status player, keeping him any cheaper. So like, why not? He had first round pedigree, but he's really not done anything to show me at least that he's uh, that much more improved from his uh, washington football team days so it'll be it'll just be one of those things where i i don't know if haskins is any better than mason rudolph but considering how fans react at least on social media i know there's gonna be a a vocal support group for haskins to get those opportunities so i am i'm interested to see how it plays out but i definitely think mason rudolph is qb1 right now i think i think Haskins is number two and it, it will be hard for him to supplant Rudolph in that one spot. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier, I, I still think there's going to be some third option. Uh, it could be a Terod Taylor. Who knows? Uh, just some journeyman guy that's brought in uh, as kind of a, a vet support uh, to be the primary backup for Mason Rudolph for all we know. So I, I, think, I think the real uh, battle probably lays with who else is brought into this team.
0: Would you say that Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins both fit Matt Canada's scheme more so than what we saw this year.
1: I'd say so. Um, I I think Ben obviously has stuff that he's comfortable with. Um, He's someone that's more a guy that would have a receiver just, be okay, run the dig because you're up against this corner and and this corner struggles against that. Whereas a Matt Canada offense is more like this is the scheme. Uh, We don't care who's lined up on the other side. We're running the scheme. And I think that's something younger players kind of a, adapt better to. Big Ben, he was backyard Ben for so many years. And that's not that's not what these younger guys are. That's not what the, the offensive scheme was. So I, I definitely foresee the offense, at least play calling and, and amongst the quarterback and coordinator being better. That's one of the reasons why I haven't been someone that's like, oh, you have to fire Matt Cannon. I, I don't think Matt Cannon's gotten a fair shake. And I know that's something that uh, we've already talked about a, a bunch uh, over uh, the days since uh, that playoff loss. But um, I, I think in terms of, will it be better with uh, these younger guys? I, I think it will.
0: All right, let's do some, uh, let's talk about the divisional round here. The, there's four games. I, I I said this at the beginning of the show. This is my favorite weekend for the playoffs. It always has been the divisional round. That's when you get the, the teams on a buyer involved and it's just, you normally get some really good matchups. So let's go over our game picks. You ready, Michael? Let's do it. All right, here we go. We'll start off on Saturday at 4 30 PM. Eastern time, the Cincinnati Bengals go to the top seeded Tennessee Titans, The Titans are expected to have Derrick Henry back and they are giving three and a half to Cincinnati. What do you think about this one?
1: I I just have a feeling that this, after a weekend of blowouts, I think we're going to get some tighter uh, game action. Uh, I feel like Tennessee wins this game, but I think Cincinnati has enough juice to cover the spread. Uh, I think Derrick Henry is going to obviously be a huge difference maker. I'm not sure if uh, that Bengals defense has the bodies to uh, take him down play after play for, Four straight quarters if he's able to do that. So I like the Titans in the game, but give me the Bengals with the extra points.
0: That's what I'm thinking too. The Cincinnati Bengals, boy, they've got some mojo going on right now. Um, I'm going to take the Bengals getting a three and a half on the road. It makes me sick to my stomach that they could possibly be in the AFC championship game. Uh, but I think they're a team that's playing with a ton of confidence right now. So I've got the Bengals just quick over unders at 47 and a half. What do you think in there?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a tough call. Uh, I'm going to go with the under. I'm someone who typically plays the under, uh, especially because uh, the running game of either team should be able to keep the clock running. Uh, so I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring. I'm going to take
0: the over. The, the, this could be a shootout. I'm just saying, be forewarned. All right, then we go to sa- Saturday at 8.15 p.m. San Francisco 49ers go to the Green Bay Packers. Top-seeded Packers are playing, and they are giving five and a half to the, the traveling 49ers. San Francisco barely got by Dallas. That was an ugly game last week. You think the San Francisco 49ers keep it close enough to cover that five and a half?
1: No, I don't. Uh, I think typically when uh, teams from uh, warm climates have to go up and play teams from uh, the frozen tundra, literally of Lambeau Field, it affects them greater than the home team. We saw that uh, with the L.A. Rams years prior. Really, the only team that I, I've seen from a warm climate that wasn't affected by it was those Tampa Bay Buccaneers that won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but I, I don't think that's the case with Jimmy G, Jimmy G and uh, those California boys. I think they're going to go up there, uh, freeze their butts off, and get uh, handed one by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So give me the Packers minus the extra five and a half.
0: I agree. Packers minus five and a half. Uh, what about the over-under at 47 and a half? Again, you like the over or the under?
1: I like the over because I think uh, Green Bay is going to score a lot. Oh, <laughs> that would be yeah. a lot,
0: yeah. I'm going to take the under in this one because of the elements, because of the weather. Jimmy G, I'm not sold on him yet. So I'm going to take the under of 47 and a half. All right, Sunday at three o'clock, the LA Rams go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pretty good contest here. LA is getting two and a half. This spread was a surprise to me. They're in Tampa, and the Rams are, you know, they're they're getting two and a half. What do you think here?
1: This this is one of the games of the year. Honestly, I'm very excited for this one. Uh, I think it comes down to how well Matthew Stafford plays if he can play up for the moment. Um, So I am going to take the Rams. Plus two and a half. I feel like they can win this game. Uh, I doubt this is, This comes down to a one-point game. This feels like more of a pick to me. Uh, I know Tampa Bay's got, kind of gotten uh, heated up a bit as the year kind of went on. But I don't know. I, I just have this feeling about this Rams team being able to be one that uh, could potentially go on a run. And uh, if that's how it shakes down, I, I'd love to see how they do uh, going to Green Bay.
0: I agree. I have the Rams plus two and a half. Over-unders at 48 and a half, Michael. What do you like there over-under?
1: I like the over. Uh, these are two high-powered high yeah. offenses. Uh, Defense are pretty good, but th- you can only stop so much in the modern NFL.
0: I agree I have the over as well. Let's go to the final game at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. The Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. This is the game I'm most excited for. Uh, it should be a high-powered affair. Buffalo is actually getting one-and-a-half points on the road. Again, this is tough because you don't know which Buffalo Bills team is going to show up. We've seen them look like juggernauts last week against New England. We've also seen them lay complete eggs when they're away from home. Michael, how do you see this one shaking out?
1: Yes, this is going to be one of those games. I feel like the Bills draw from their experience from last year, and I think they win this game because of what happened last year. I don't think the Chiefs are as good as they they have been over the last couple of years where they've uh, advanced to the Super Bowl. I feel like they're right for the picking in this one. I think Buffalo... Uh, Honestly, I feel like they're the the team to kind of watch out for here in the AFC. Uh, I like the bills here. I think they're kind of starting to get better at the right time of the year. Um, They've been kind of been up and down all year long, but uh, that was a statement win over New England who previously beat them throwing the ball three times in the game. So I think Buffalo is starting to move in the right direction. Give me the bills uh, plus a couple points. Okay, I like the Chiefs
0: at home. I think that they kind of rediscovered something in themselves after they woke up against Pittsburgh. So I actually have the Chiefs giving one and a half. The over under here is at 53 and a half, Michael. You
1: taking the over or the under? Oh, this is a tough call, but I feel like both teams are kind of built on scoring a bunch of points. I'm taking the over. I like a part of me wants to say the under, but I feel like both teams score in the 30s. So I think this can be a high scoring shootout affair. I'm actually going to go
0: under. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be a high scoring game. But even if it's, you know, in the mid-20s, that's still the under. So that's a a 53-and-a-half is a high line. So I like the Chiefs and the under. So, all right, Michael, uh, any final thoughts before we let you go?
1: Yeah, you know, it was was a tough way to close out the season for the Steelers. Uh, I know a lot of us kind of got more and more excited for that game as last week went on, especially uh, a crescendo of T.J. Watt's touchdown. Obviously, uh, they're a team that's kind of – a work in progress, really. But this is going to be an exciting offseason. So I, I know uh, we all love to plug the website, but BTSC, we're going to be all over all these moves that the Steelers need to make and uh, all of our our thoughts and what is actually going to come down the pipeline. So just be dialed in at behindthesteelcurtain.com. Absolutely. And Michael, I'll see
0: you next Friday. Take it easy. Yeah, we'll see you then. All righty. And a big thank you to Michael Beck for taking the time as he always does to talk about the Steelers, to talk about the picks and all that stuff. I really enjoy it. We're going to be doing this all off season. So if you enjoy this Friday segment, make sure you continue to check back uh, cuz he's not going anywhere and we appreciate his time. As we always finish out every Friday show is a little heart to heart. And this week, the heart to heart is that there is a lot of unknown out there in this Steelers off season. It's one of those situations where you're you're looking at the Steelers and there's just so many gaping holes. Free agents Quarterback, coaches, general manager. As a fan, in speaking to you, the fan, be patient. Be patient. Understand that some of these moves and some of these decisions take time. The new league year does not start till March sixteenth. Now they can sign their own free agents anytime before that. Don't expect that to happen. Someone like Terrell Edmonds, why? Terrell Edmonds is has every right to check the and test the free agent waters. So the Steelers could certainly go to his representation, his agent, and say, "Hey, we want to bring, bring Terrell back. We understand if you want to check the free agent waters. Here's our here's our best offer right now." And they slide a piece of paper across the desk or the proverbial desk, and they send an email or something. But it's he's going to want to test the waters. It's very rare that you see a player say, "I don't want to. I just want to be here." Maybe he does. I don't know. But they have time before the tampering period starts on the 14th of March, and then those moves become official on the 16th. They have time. Be patient. Don't be upset if a coach is retained or anything like that. Be patient. Trust the process. I know that's difficult, especially since the team hasn't won a playoff game since 2017. But I think this team will be just fine if they make the right moves this offseason. And We're going to be with you every single step of the way. That does it for me, folks. I hope you have a great weekend planned. I hope that you're ready for the NFL action this weekend. Make sure you're checking out behindthesteelcurtain.com. It should be your one stop shop for all things Steelers. On top of that, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing, especially on Spotify. Hey, thank you, Spotify listeners. You got us over 200 uh, ratings and reviews on that app. That's fantastic. Apple Podcasts only has like 257. That's ridiculous. Apple Podcast users, get your butts to the app and give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. All right. You know how I finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you back on Monday. Take it easy.